Now, I notice how many Niner fans do we have here today? All right. Any Chief fans? Any Chief fans? Wow. Wow. It's wow. Oh, my. If we go by that. Listen, I told him in Cutler. I, I am. I, I was so miserable this morning that I slept through the night. I'm, I'm miserable about that. Because if, if, if your team's going to play the next day, you know how hard it is to sleep. I miss that feeling. I said I wouldn't have mind missing sleep last night because of my team being in the Super Bowl. I miss that feeling. So I'm praying, God, make me miserable again next year, please. The night before Super Bowl, make my team reach it. Amen. Any Raider fans in the house? Brother Brian there, he just got converted. I, 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 he just, he's a patriot. He's a patriot. But when I said any rate, he, he got holy right there. He got, he got the Holy Ghost on him. I have a jersey for you. I will give it. <laughs> well, this, this morning I'm going to, uh, deal with a different message than what I've been dealing with. We've been looking at blessed to bless, but I, uh, want to share with you a message that I've entitled Lessons from Super Bowl Contenders. On this Super Bowl Sunday, I want to share with you a message, lessons from Super Bowl contenders. Uh, recently, I went through a Bible plan by Bryce Johnson where he points out uh, the journey that both the 49ers and the Chiefs uh, have made in route to the Super Bowl that we are going to be looking at this afternoon But before I go into the principles or lessons we can learn from these Super Bowl contenders, I want to share a a true story, a true account. During a practice session for the Green Bay Packers, things were not going well for Vince Lombardi's team. Lombardi singled out one big guard for his failure to put out. It was a hot, muggy day when the coach called his guard aside and leveled his awesome vocal guns on him as only Lombardi could. Son, you are a lousy football player. You're not blocking. You're not tackling. You're not putting out. As a matter of fact, it's all over for you today. Go take a shower. The big guard dropped his head and walked into the dressing room. Forty-five minutes later, when Lombardi walked in, he saw the big guard sitting in front of his locker, still wearing his uniform. His head was bowed, and he was sobbing quietly. Vince Lombardi, ever the changeable but always the compassionate warrior, did something of an about-face that was typical of him. He walked over to his football player, and he put his arms around his shoulder. Son, he said, I told you the truth. You are a lousy football player. You're not blocking. You're not tackling. You're not putting out. However, in fairness to you, I should have finished the story. Inside of you, son, there is a great football player. 
And I'm going to stick by your side until the great football player inside of you has a chance to come out and assert himself. With these words, Jerry Kramer straightened up and felt a great deal better. As a matter of fact, he felt so much better. He went on to become one of the all-time greats in football and was voted the all-time guard in the first 50 years of professional football. This morning, I feel that it is my assignment to remind those of you who are currently struggling that Jesus sees greatness in you and is committed to sticking by your side till the greatness inside of you has a chance to come out and assert itself. In fact, if you have put faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a truth that applies to you that is found in God's Word, specifically in 1 John 4 and 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. For greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care how lousy your life may seem to be right now, or how great the struggle and striving you are experiencing is right now. There is a greater one inside of you. And there is one who has said, I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. And by my Spirit, I'm going to stick with you until the greatness that is in you becomes visible. Now, I want to equip you to live up to the potential that is yours in and through Christ by sharing some lessons that we can learn from this year's Super Bowl contenders, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> There is a fan by default here. Now, there are four lessons that we can apply that will elevate our game. Lesson number one, live by the KISS principle. Live by the KISS principle. Anybody that has been a communicator and has studied about communication and speaking understands what KISS stands for. Keep it simple, stupid. Now, I told them in color, there's some of you parents that are, oh, he's that stupid. Let me tell you something if you don't know about it. Your kids have heard a lot worse at school, okay? The KISS principle. If you and I want to elevate our game, we've got to learn to live by the KISS principle. Let me give you some historical reference regarding simple and its impact. The Kansas City Chiefs were one of the best NFL teams in 2018, thanks to their MVP quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. They had a strong rushing attack with multiple running backs, and arguably, Travis Kelsey was the best tight end in the game. Although they had an impressive season, their defense was one of the worst in the league. They ranked 31st in total yards and 26th in points allowed per game. As a result, head coach Andy Reid brought in defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolio to coach that side of the ball. 
with the defense showing serious improvements this season. They now find themselves in the Super Bowl. This makes sense when considering the article posted on theathletic.com with the headline, Simple is Good. Anthony Hitchens finding comfort in new scheme after complicated lackluster year under Bob Sutton. The article points out what Hitchens said. Hitchens, the chief, chief star linebacker said, simple is good for a lot of players. It's like, okay, you have the A gap, you've got the A gap. Once you get it down, everyone can play fast. It lets you run free a lot. Now, just like many coaches and players overcomplicate the game of football with cumbersome game plans, we can get, we can get overwhelmed by the, in, the intrinsicities of the Bible and discouraged by trying to be perfect. And yet I want you to understand that even though you may not understand every detail in the Bible, you can still experience the power of God's Word in your life if you will simply apply what you already understand. God doesn't intend for you to understand necessarily the meaning and significance of the ashes of the red heifer. That's in the Bible. Somebody's like, What's that? It's in the Bible. Okay? It's in the Bible. And you're like, oh man, I don't know. How many don't know about the ashes of the red heifer? Okay. Now, you don't have to understand. But here's the fact. You may not understand the significance and meaning of all the plagues uh, related to the bowls that are referred to in the book of Revelation. You may not be able to understand the significance of the prophecies that are foretold through Ezekiel and Isaiah and Amos regarding end times. But here's what you simply need to know. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Why is that significant? Here is why it counts. To know simply that Jesus loves you. Jesus made a statement in which after he was posed a question, which one of the Ten Commandments is the most important of all? Jesus gave a simple response. He said there in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice what he says next. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus simplified what God was asking his people to do. And here's what you and I need to understand. That if we know that Jesus loves us because the Bible tells us so, and we embrace that, what's going to happen is that love of God that you embrace then will begin to extend through you. You see, I don't love God because I'm trying to earn His love. 
I love Him because He loved me when I was unlovable. The Bible makes it clear that God demonstrated His love toward us in this. That even while we were sinners, even when we were missing the mark, God in His Son Christ Jesus, He Gave Him to die for us. And the moment I understand that God loves me through Jesus Christ and that I don't have to clean up my act in order to be loved by God and I come to the foot of the cross in recognition I am a sinner in need of forgiveness and I receive God's love into my life and I begin to understand how much He loves me. The more I embrace His love, the easier it is to extend it to others. That's how simple it is. Now, Matt Chandler, Pastor Matt Chandler made this statement. Find the things that stir your affections for Christ and saturate your life in them. Find the things that rob you of that affection and walk away from them. That's the Christian life. As easy as... As I can explain it for you. So, lesson number one is live by the KISS principle. Lesson number two, don't allow weakness to keep you from achieving greatness. Don't allow weakness to keep you from achieving greatness. The San Francisco 49ers, they had high hopes heading into the 2019 season with the return of their franchise quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh Because as you know, he went down with the season-ending knee injury in 2018. But he bounced back and helped the 49ers get to the Super Bowl. As a developing quarterback with a bright future, there's one element about his game worth noting. A couple of years ago, when former uh, Seahawk Richard Sherman joined the 49ers, he noticed Garoppolo has a throwing tick, a subtle movement that tells the defense what he wants to do. Of course, A franchise quarterback doesn't want to give the defense an opportunity or advantage in trying to stop him. So Garoppolo had to address this weakness and prevent it from being an ongoing issue. In our own lives, we have weaknesses that make us more susceptible to certain sins over others. We know the first little steps that lead us down a path of bad decisions. Satan is on the alert to take us down and destroy us. So if we aren't careful and aware, we can give a subtle movement that lets him know what to do to stop us from remaining obedient to God. Look what the Bible says about the devil. In the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, notice Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. 
I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. The devil is what I call a major kuka. Some of you don't understand. He's a busybody. He's nosy. If you have blinds in your house that are messed up, you're probably a kuka. You're probably nosy. <laughs> if you can't help looking outside those blinds or opening your front door when you see red lights going through your neighborhood, you're probably a kuka. I better stop there. I, I got a lot of kuka ones. But why is he patrolling the earth? The language that is used here speaks of one who is spying. You see, the devil is spying on me. The devil is spying on you. He walks around to discover what our tendencies are in different circumstances. So that then he can strategize what temptation, what attack to employ against our lives. This is why Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 8, out of the Amplified, Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious. Notice when. At all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. You see, the devil is looking and observing our lives in order to figure out what is it that pushes angels' buttons? What is it that causes angel to show his tick, his throwing tick? What is it that reveals what his weaknesses are? But here's the flip side, that the Lord's eyes are on you. He's waiting for you to recognize your weakness, not to condemn you, but to help you confront it. And he says, if you're willing to confront your weakness in confession to me, not only will I forgive you of the times in which your weakness has caused you to fail what I require of you, but then I will empower you, I will strengthen you, and I will help you overcome those tendencies through my grace. I'm saying to us today that we don't have to be overcome by the devil. That no matter how much baggage we brought into our relationship with Jesus because of disobedience that we lived out before coming to Jesus. Once you come to Jesus, not only are you forgiven, but as you yield to Him, He will give you the wisdom, understanding, and the strength to overcome those weaknesses. And this is why every day, say every day, every day, it's important to faithfully and obediently remain focused on Jesus. When we sense that temptation is coming, we need to cling. We need to cling to Him for strength to resist instead of flirting with sin and giving any advantage to the enemy. Lesson number three, place yourself in good field position. Now, any Niner fans, any Chief fans, 
Now we got another default chief on here. <laughs> Any Texan fans? Houston Texans. After what happened, you don't want to claim them now, huh? <laughs> As you know, if you watch the playoffs, there was a great comeback game that the Chiefs played against the Texans. The question is, how did the Chiefs come back? On their way to the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs pulled off an unbelievable comeback over the Houston Texans after being down by 24 points. In Bill Barnwell's article on ESPN.com, he points out what he thinks is the biggest reason why they won. He writes, field position over the course of multiple possessions almost never gets mentioned during broadcast or in post-game commentaries from coaches and players. But it's a lot easier to score on a short field than it is on a long field. In other words, being closer to the end zone puts a team in the best position to score. So in just a few minutes and nine plays for 81 yards, the Chiefs scored 21 points. Because of their great field position, they got right back in the game and ultimately won 51 to 31. Now, just as the Chiefs field position was instrumental in their victory, our proximity or closeness to God enables us as believers to experience victory. The closer we are to the Lord, the closer we are to Jesus, the more likely we'll overcome temptation, battle against worry and fear, and live with peace and joy. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. The question has been posed. If God seems far away, guess who moved? My safety, my security is found in staying close to Jesus. And if it seems like I'm far away from the Lord, it's not that He has moved. It's because I've moved away, not only from Him, but exercising those spiritual disciplines and practices that lead me to experience the reality of His presence at work in my life. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 145.18. The Lord is what? Close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. 
So I've got good news. If you feel that you're far away from God, your heavenly Father is just a phone call away. And the moment that you call on Him in truth, He is going to manifest, I am Emmanuel, God with you. I'm at your side. I'm for you. And I will walk with you through what you're going through in your life right now. Hebrews 11, 6 tells us, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Listen, once we surrender our lives to Jesus, we need to remember He lives within us. This is true even when we feel distance and A long field appears to be in front of us. But I want to challenge you today. Don't settle for the lie that you're stuck where you're at far from God. Because if there's anything the story of the prodigal son reveals is that as soon as you move to return to the Father... The Father is running to get to you. And He'll get to you quicker than you get back to Him. That just shows us the heart of our Father. The devil is a liar. The chasm is not so great between you and God that you cannot in a moment experience again His presence near you and His power at work for you. The devil is a liar. You are no not so far from God that His arm cannot reach you. You are not so far from God that He cannot hear your cry. You are not so far from God that He can't see your present location. And here's the good news. Where you're at now is not where you're going to stay. If you choose to call on Him, He will bring you close and He will give you the field advantage to score again. Just like The Chiefs made the comeback. It doesn't matter what setback you experienced this last week or you may have experienced this past month. In the Christian life, every setback is a setup for a comeback. Through God, you can make a great comeback. Then lesson number four. Always remember that the goal is more important than the role. Always remember that the goal is more important than the role. Now, one of the reasons why the San Francisco 49ers are in the Super Bowl is because there was someone on their team that was willing to wait for a new role while at the same time serving in a less than desirous role. Watch this. The San Francisco 49ers are on their way to the Super Bowl thanks to their dominant defense and successful rushing attack. Beating the Packers in the conference championship with 42 running plays and only 8 passing plays. Former 4th stringer, you heard me right, 
former fourth stringer, Rahim, I like that, Rahim Mostert was the star scoring four touchdowns and accumulating 220 yards on the ground. He rushed for the greatest number of yards in a 49ers postseason game. And his four touchdowns were the most in an NFC championship game and the second most in playoff history. Rahim is an easy guy to root for when hearing that he persevered when cut by six NFL teams during the first two seasons before signing with San Francisco. Despite initially being a fourth stringer, this year he experienced a breakthrough with 772 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. Offensive lineman Joe Staley said this about Raheem's character. The guy works harder than anybody. He's been patient, watch this, never complaining about his role. This is what happens when you accept your role on the team and you don't worry about the stats. You have a moment like this. I love his example because his example is one that the word encourages us to flesh out in our own life. Philippians 2.14 tells us, Philippians 2.14 says, In everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing. I want you to know that the place you want to arrive to, you're not going to arrive to just because you desire it. In the kingdom of God, you don't get elevated until you learn how to serve with the right motive. We see it throughout the scripture. And what I want you to understand, it could be that tomorrow, that door that you've been waiting to be open so that you could go to another level, that promotion that you've been desiring opens up for you tomorrow. It could be from now till tomorrow, something opens up for you. But I want you to understand that door that opens up to you tomorrow isn't opening up because of what you did today. It's opening up because of what you've done throughout the process. When you learn that where I am now is not the role that I want to be at forever, but I'm going to do the best where I'm at now in the role that I've been assigned, then I'm telling you, even if you feel like you're being overlooked at work, if you're a child of God, God does not overlook when you are serving faithfully. God does not overlook when you are putting in the work. God does not overlook when you are sacrificing. God does not overlook when you are playing with pain, even though nobody else knows of the heartache or the pain that you're enduring in your life, but you keep serving. Because there's something in you that says the goal is more important than my role. But in my role, I'm going to do everything I can so that collectively, as a team, we can reach the goal. When you have that mindset, then you have the mind of Christ. You have the mindset of the kingdom. And God will not overlook it. In fact, God is recording every time that you serve in your 
current role with the right motive. God records it. Why does God record? It's because He intends to reward. The day is coming when the door will open. The day is coming when favor will be manifested. The day is coming when things are going to be moved in your favor. The day is coming when you're going to get that phone call that you weren't expecting. But I want you to start expecting that if you do what God's telling you to do in your current row, God will open doors that no man can shut. Mm. But you got to remember the goal is more important than the role. John Maxwell stated, if you think you are the entire picture, you will never see the big picture. Bud Wilkinson, who in the 1950s, he served as the acclaimed coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. He said, if a team is to reach its potential, each player must be willing to subordinate his personal goals to the good of the team. And Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, he made this statement. No one is more important than the rest of us. No one is more important than the rest of us. John Maxwell again said, when you see the big picture correctly, you serve the team more quickly. When you see the big picture correctly, you serve the team more quickly. What does that mean? When you recognize that it is not about me. Because understand, awards can be won by individuals. But only teams can win championships. It's the same way in the kingdom. We are not here to elevate my name or your name. The psalmist said in Psalm 15.1, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy and your truth. You need to understand that we are not here. Your pastor does not live here in his calling in order to try to lift up my name. I understand. I'm not here to build a monument to myself. I'm here to cause a movement that will keep the kingdom of God moving forward so that the name of Jesus will be worshipped, adored, recognized. That's what we're about in the kingdom. Now, what is the goal? What is the goal in playing football? Well, of course, we would say winning. But there is a clearer point than winning. It is scoring points. We might score six points in a touchdown, three points in a field goal, Two points in a safety. Or one point in a point after. Or if you want to go for two. After the touchdown. What if I told you of a man that played football? 23 years. 15 years in the NFL. 4 years in college. And 4 years in high school. And he never scored a touchdown or made a point. He never even scored one point. This man would have to be a failure, wouldn't he? Well, look at this. This man never made a touchdown, but he played in 245 games in his career. Why start a man that can't score? 
he made 1,032 tackles. Pretty impressive. He blocked 86 passes. He made 19 fumble recoveries, but still no touchdowns. He made three interceptions, but no touchdowns. While in football, in a football game, everything centers on the football and the goal line. Yet there is more to the game than that. Who's this man? His name, Ed Tutal Jones. Ed Tutal Jones is in the Football Hall of Fame. The reason he never made a touchdown was his position. Ed was an all-pro defensive end. He played 15 years for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, all right. Ed was a team player. He never played to make touchdowns. He played to help his team win. You see, not everyone that plays football is there to make touchdowns. Not everyone that serves in a company is highlighted at the end of the year company dinner. Not everyone that serves in a church is seen on stage. But here's what I want you to understand. The goal is more important than the role. And when you understand that in the kingdom, everybody matters. In the kingdom, whatever anybody does for the honor and glory of God is recorded by God and will be rewarded by God Himself. Then you recognize it's about Him. And the just one, He will. He will take into account. And as long as He's honored and His kingdom's advancing, that's all that matters. What lesson or lessons do I need to apply? What lesson or lessons do you need to apply today? For some of us, it's, man, I need to confront some weaknesses in my life because they're hampering, they're, they're hindering me from achieving the greatness that God has for me in my life. Others of us, it's, I need to be grateful for the role that I have right now. I have dreams, I have aspirations, I have personal goals, but right now I realize in the kingdom it's about Him being glorified. And it's about me recognizing that in whatever role I'm at right now, I'm not serving man, I'm serving God. And He deserves my best where I'm at right now. And when He wants and decides to open the door, He'll open it, and nobody's going to be able to shut it. There's others of us today that we need to make the decision. Just like the prodigal son, we find ourselves far from God, and we don't have, if truth be told, we don't have the field advantage that we need to score. We're way, way far from the end zone. 
But like the prodigal son, we're recognizing today, man, there's a distance between me and God. But I know that if I go to Him, it'll be so much better than what it is now. And you decide to do that today, I'm telling you. He's going to reach you. (laughs) He's going to get to where you're at because you humbled yourself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that your heart is for us. And I thank you for what you see in your sons, your daughters. You see in every one of us that you've created. You see in us greatness in spite of the weaknesses in our lives. You see greatness beyond our weakness. And you want us to experience that greatness coming forth. You're just waiting for us to be willing to partner with you. Yielding to you. Surrendering to you. I pray right now, Father, for those that feel far away from you. That they would find the courage to draw near to you. I pray for those that, as I've been sharing, understand and realize I've allowed a weakness in my life to keep me from achieving the greatness that God sees can transpire, can unfold in my life. And they're ready to confront it because only what we confront can change. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward to this front area. We call it the altar. There are some of you today that would say, Pastor Angel, I want what God wants for me. I need to get close to Jesus today. I need to return. I need to turn away from my excuses and turn back to Jesus who is ready to embrace me and empower me so that in spite of my weakness, as I turn to Him, I can experience the unfolding of the greatness that He sees for my life. I want to invite you, if that's you, I want you to make your way forward right now. We're here to pray with you. We're here to agree with you. Draw near to God, the Bible says, and He will draw near to you. There's some of you that feel like, man, that it's too far. The field is too long. How am I going to make it to the other side? How am I going to be able to experience a victory? seems too far and distant. God wants to give you the field advantage right now. He'll get you to where you need to be. If you'll humble yourself and admit, I need your help, Lord. That's you. You come and he will place you in good field position so that you can experience another victory in your life. You want that? Come, come, come. Come. There's others of us that we need to be up here because 
we're not necessarily in the role that we want to be in, but our hearts have been stirred to be the best that we can be in the role that we're currently at, trusting the Lord that He will open the door that He would have us to walk through by His power and in His wisdom. That's you. You come. You come. Just ask the Lord, help me, Lord, to serve the best I can in the role that I have right now. Help me. Help me to remember that even when it seems I'm being overlooked, that if I'm serving with the right motive and right heart, you are recording. And you're recording to reward. That's it. Come, come. The Holy Spirit is here to strengthen, to help. In Jesus' name, come.